Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. out for the blind i'm brian mccallan do you want a career in the culinary arts louisville kentucky tv station wlky says that there is a special culinary arts program for the blind and visually impaired jefferson community and technical college in louisville kentucky is offering the program it's funded by the kentucky office of vocational rehabilitation in partnership with workforce solutions Joining us to talk about the program are Tiffany Jones-Coleman from Workforce Solutions and a current program student and the instructor. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you all here, too. So um, let's get to know the student and the instructor a little bit. What are your names? Uh, I'm Justin Purvis, and I'm one of the students that was taking this program, the most recent version of the program. Nice to meet you, Justin. And who's the instructor? I'm Mark Lewis. I'm the program coordinator here at uh, Jefferson Community Technical College. Nice to meet you, Mark. Before we start cooking, Tiffany, Justin, and Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourselves? Hello, my name is Tiffany, and I am a program coordinator for the Workforce Solutions Department. Um, I, my main focus is to coordinate jobs and careers and classes and courses to get people back to work or get them training to better upgrade their skills. Um, I'm the culinary arts program coordinator here at Jefferson. Uh, we have one of the oldest programs in the state, um, kind of like a hidden gem in the food scene. And uh, I've been here about three years, uh, worked all over the country before that. Um, yeah, this is Justin. Uh, I am a military brat. I grew up overseas. My dad was in the army. Uh, and uh, I've kept traveling with my businesses, uh, but it all has brought me to Louisville, Kentucky, where my wife's family lives, and I fell in love with the area, and uh, we just, uh, you know, we, we use our business. We, we launch our business from here and travel all around the world. I saw you on WLKY in California, and the station said that you've been losing your vision since 2014. What's the cause of your vision loss? Well, I've actually, uh, to just clear that up just a little bit, I got diagnosed uh, with the disease when I was when I was 14. So this was in uh, 1990. Uh, but it is a disease called choroideremia. It's a sister disease to retinitis pigmentosa, where basically uh, I have developed, oh, since I was 14, well, prior to that, I was diagnosed when I was 14. I began getting uh, tunnel vision, and I had night, I have night blindness, couldn't see in the dark. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I started losing my vision gradually, uh, uh, and then it got to the point where I have uh, about 8% of my vision left centrally is all I have. I have absolutely no peripheral vision, uh, and I'm still, you know, trying to trying to get out there and do uh, get all those dreams fulfilled that everybody has. How did cooking become your passion? I just always enjoyed food. Uh, food and movies have been things that I've just loved doing, and it was... Uh, this kind of thing where you can, where anybody can do it. I mean, one of the training programs that we were, that was offered through, uh, through a lot of the blind schools and so forth, they train you 
in how to cook completely blind. And one of our students in the class was completely blind. And, and Mark, as the instructor, was amazing with him, giving him a, an extra hands-on approach with it just to get a feel for everything and smell and touch, just using all of the other senses that you have to enable you to produce something beautiful and just to let you know that, like, it doesn't matter what you can do. You can Anybody can take these items and create something amazing with them if they just have that that want to do it. I just love cooking food for people. The love and want's important to have. Um, that's very good. Tiffany, how did Jefferson Community and Technical College decide to offer a culinary arts program for the visually impaired? I heard this is also a big partnership. Um, yes, it is. We, my department with Workforce Solutions, we are an arm of a college of the college that specializes in customized training for business, industry, and organization. And the Office for the Blind, which is now merged with our folks rehabilitation services, they have a lot of the vendor contracts for some federal and state buildings. And through the years, they wanted to improve and build upon that training. So that not only can students going through a training program can operate those vendor services, but can also have tangible skills that can um, expand their horizons if they wanted to obtain and get other jobs in other areas within the culinary arts field. So what we did is that we partnered with um, Voc Rehab. We also partnered with um, our very good program coordinator that is the instructor, Mark Lewis, and we customized a course that will meet the needs not only of what they were asking for for the vending training, but also gave them tangible skills, college credit, and a certificate upon completion that can get that earn them other certificates and other skill sets that can expand beyond that. So, and you know, we got into with um, adaptive equipment that can help assist with this. So this is actually a customized and specialized course that we did on a trial basis with this particular cohort, and it was very successful. And um, after meeting and revamping, you know, this could be the actual training course moving forward for all of those that are in the program um, with their voc rehab counselors and are eligible for the program that can go through this training and move forward either through the vending portion and operate those vending uh, spaces and or also get jobs and employment within the culinary arts field. Now, I want to talk to the instructor of the course for a minute here. Um, okay. What are some of the important culinary concepts that you teach the students? Um, well, in general, uh, with all with all students, not just this cohort, uh, really how to utilize all of your all of your other senses. Your sense of smell and hearing uh, could tell you a lot about uh, about well what you're cooking, how you're cooking, and how you're doing it. Uh, of course, sanitation and safety is always paramount as well. What are some of the things you teach in the sanitation and safety area? Because I know that's really important to keeping things clean and keeping everybody healthy. Well, and it's very basic. It's how to not to get people sick. Now, of course, that the, the obvious things around that is washing hands. But you also need to understand some of the science behind it, how the bacteria grows, where it comes from originally, not just bacteria, all sorts of, of, uh, of microorganisms. Um, we actually... Through this program, as well through, well, our general program, we award ServSafe uh, Manager Certification, which is also a national certification, and helps very well with this program, as the majority of our graduates from this particular program will be going into federal buildings where they do need that certification. 
Now, Tiffany, federal buildings, most of these uh, graduates go to the uh, business enterprise program, Kentucky's version of it, correct? Um, yes. And uh, through some of the conversations and partnerships they've had and, and, and have helped, helped some of those contracts uh, with the courthouses, um, some of the social security offices is wherever there's either vending and or small sandwich shops or just a variety of where they're either serving or have um, access to foods and snacks. And throughout the years, people who were holding those have either aged out or some of the things have changed as far as technology. And so what they wanted to do was to sort of revamp and upgrade some of the actual learning skills. So when people are moving into these positions, they can be better equipped. Justin, what vendors have you worked with to gain additional professional cooking experience? Uh, one, the two of the people that we did on the job training with there, Lynn and, and Chris, and they were an amazing uh, kind of fount of knowledge for us because uh, one of them ran a more kind of standard vending machine with light snacks set up, and the other one had uh, almost a pseudo full kitchen where there was food prep. Uh, as uh, as well as the standard uh, vending machines and salad bars and soup, uh, hot soup, just stuff. Uh, it was such a great experience to get in and see the two different sides, uh, you know, one being a majority of just restocking vending machines, uh, you know, taking out stuff that's gone bad, and, and the other being how do you prep for uh, a, a kind of captive audience that comes in wanting stuff, especially if you're, cause some of us will run kiosks by ourselves. So how do you prep yourself for that kind of lunch rush when you have, when you know you're making sandwiches or you're making, you know, chili or soups or things like that to, to kind of front load yourself for success. And those, the two of them gave us such a great amount of knowledge of working knowledge for what we will be able to do once we get into our own specific sites and we can operate, uh, you know, on our kind of under, under our own control. Explain to us some of the foods that you've made and how you create each dish as a future visually impaired cook. Um, well, we did a lot of stuff in, in, the, in, the, in the program. We did a lot of different things. We cr created cold sandwiches, hot sandwiches, pasta dishes. One of the most interesting kind of experiences is what uh, Chef Mark would say was the a la minute, where it was kind of like you partially cook up pasta and sauce. And then it, you serve it and you heat it in the moment you put it back in, you know, so uh, you take a standard marinara sauce and, and, a, and a portion of pasta. You put the pasta back in the boiling water for like 30 seconds to fully cook it. And then you mean, then you take it out and you put it into the sauce that you have, the little bit of sauce. It's like, it's almost like single serving pasta dishes. It was a really great experience. We had four different kind of pastas that we were creating in that moment from pesto to shrimp scampi to uh, standard marinara and and each of us had different stations we were working on but they all had that same mentality of you know you you put it back in the in the, in the pan for a little bit you heat it up you prep it and then you go to the finishing touches and that really helps to make, maintain freshness with the food versus doing things like you know making like 70 hamburgers and just putting them under a heat lamp for the four hours, you know, after, after a certain period of time, that burger is not going to taste as good as if it had just been pulled off the grill. But that was some, one of the, the, the memories, the food cooking memories that step that, that, you know, kind of was in the forefront of my mind when you asked that question. 
So students not only gain the experience in the classroom, they do on-the-job training. Have, have, have there been any guest speakers who come to the class? Uh, for I know that one of the things we did out, as part of the entire program, we had an entrepreneurship uh, class where we met with a small business association representative, and she came in. Uh, it was part of the program program, not necessarily part of the class itself, but she taught us more of the accounting side of stuff, the paperwork stuff you'll be needing to do, uh, all of the kind of, you know, whether it's you want to do the books yourself or you want to hire someone to do the books or you want to get QuickBooks kind of stuff. And so that was one of the people we had come in from that per- uh, that section of the uh, the program. That was one of the, um, the positive advantages of having some customized classes and uh, within a program is that even though they were taking uh, college courses that align with the actual curriculum of the culinary arts program, we were able to get some customized classes in there as well. And the, and the entrepreneurship workforce class was one of those classes where they're learning the skill set on the culinary side as far as kitchen, kitchen prep, safety and sa- um, sanitation and safety, um, all everything that's food related. But this entrepreneurship class with the uh, small business enterprise was able to teach them some things as far as running your own business, things that are needed, taxes, rent, accounting, those things. Because as Justin mentioned earlier, these vending and vending machine or whatever the contract with the federal buildings can be things. It can range from a full kitchen to vending machines in general. So they did learn those extra skill sets on the business side as well from the small enterprise business group. That's great. What everyone? What are the course requirements? Uh, with the um, customized courses, what we did was that we pulled what was we felt that would be relevant as far as the need in the culinary arts, and we also kept the integrity of the academic program. So they each were um, upon completing the thirteen-hour courses at an accelerated pace. Each student is eligible for the Culinary Arts Professional Development Certificate, which is embedded in that is, is 13 credit hours. So the class of sanitation and safety was our credit hours. Um, basic food production is a course that's four credit hours, basic baking. And then they also got a um, human relations management course as well, which was an online course with some, um, some pretty much on-site hands-on as well. So one thing that was emphasized in meeting with Corey Markham over the business enterprise group with Office uh, for the Blind and OBR was that even though these students may have, might be visually impaired, they wanted the overall student experience as if they were just registered students going through the program on the academic side, which meant a variety of courses, everything from lab, in-course, in-class, and online. So we did at the request of, of the customization of what they wanted, and we gave each student that experience of every type of class interaction, and online was one of them as well. So in those classes and courses, there were credit hours embedded, and so upon completion, 13 credit hours and the certificate that they're eligible for. Okay. It sounds like the culinary arts program is truly helping the blind and visually impaired speak out and go for their cooking dreams. Justin? What do you ultimately want to do when you graduate from the program? Uh, what I want to do is have uh, – my wife and I always joked around about having a restaurant, and we never thought 
honestly, it was kind of a pipe dream, but we, we, I want to have uh, a, a spot. I want to, I want to have in essence, like a little cafe or a restaurant where um, it can bring in all of the things we love to do. Like we love both my wife and I love to cook and we love entertaining. So we love being, you know, we love being there with people and having a good time. And we both come from a theatrical background. We both studied theater in college and we always wanted to have like a, like a, a you know, like a restaurant bar and, and performance space for whatever. Uh, and so uh, it's one of those things where I want to have a, I want to have this beautiful like cafe that can serve good food and great atmosphere and provide um, board games. Cause uh, I currently make board games uh, and uh, just a space for people to get together and have a good time and, and have, have great food and have a good fellowship. So I want to talk to the two program coordinators, both of you. How do our listeners sign up for the program? Um, here in Kentucky, uh, we have uh, the partnership with the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. And what they do is that they actually, uh, whatever customers they're serving, they actually screen those customers and see if they're what their area of interest is. If they are interested in owning uh their own business are going and taking over one of the contracts with the vendor program, or if they're interested in overall culinary arts and cooking, they will actually screen and go through the process of finding out who's eligible to actually enroll. And then what we do is based upon their students' referrals and recommendations, we will coordinate the classes and customize a particular cohort because they actually go through all the training and classes together as one class to keep that cohesion as sort of like a family. And so that is the beginning part of the process is actually connecting with services. If you're already receiving services or interested in services through vocational rehabilitation here in Kentucky. All right. Now for the program instructor, when you teach the students, how do you help them improve their work? And I'm going to speak for Mark because Mark had to go meet a student actually. Yes, the classes um, here at Jefferson classes are actually in the process of uh, the semester's revving up. So there's their registration and and instructors meeting with students and getting them registered for classes and all that. But um, what uh, Mark tends to do is that, and it's always an an advantage when you do have a smaller cohort and can work together, but he's very one-on-one, he's very hands-on, and he meets you to where you are in your skill set and help elevate you up to where you need to be. So that is one of his strong suits as far as covering material and assisting their students to get where they need to be is that he makes time uh, for them on one-on-one so that everyone can at least be elevated on the same level, what you don't understand, what you think you can't get. Um, He'll make sure you'll have whatever's needed, whether it be extra time within the class, even without the class, or even communicating and having that open-door policy of just developing a relationship and that's one of the good things especially in the area of food food will bring everyone together <laughs> so oh, oh. <laughs> oh, food brings everybody together doesn't it um how, how might our listeners start a similar program in their communities and are there any similar ones out there i'm a, i'm not sure as far as any programs that are that are similar however I do think you can all start on um, just on a basic level as far as just an area of interest. I know that uh, a lot of community colleges do have uh, workforce development departments or at least departments 
that can do community-based trainings. And it can maybe start as simple as that, as connecting with your uh, either community college or an education facility to see if they have community-based trainings available. And then from there, moving forward to see are there any grant funding available or if there's any type of funding within an organization like uh, vocational rehabilitation or anything that assists those that may have disabilities or visually impaired and maybe connect that with community-based training to maybe develop a type of program within that where they can start as simple as a class here or there or maybe grow into something that is you know full college credit and actually certification and certificates being involved. But I do think you can start on a basic grassroots level of connecting with the education facilities to see if there's some sort of community-based training or interest as far as developing general cooking classes. Um, let's see. So, so how do our listeners sign up for the program? Um, the, our, uh, they can go to www.jefferson.ky and, or they can Google Jefferson Community and Technical College, and then we should have program listings for the general culinary arts program and all the information, and also as far as uh, classes, course descriptions, all that should be on the website. Uh, for the specialized portion, if there's a, a specific need or if there's somebody interested in the um, this particular program, they will have to be connected with a vocational rehabilitation counselor in order to be eligible for that particular funding for that one. And I think most of that will be in state in Kentucky. Sounds good. Everyone, you're an inspiration to us all. We hope that our listeners will enroll in your culinary arts program or similar opportunities in their communities and start cooking. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us, and we really appreciate you getting the word out. And I hope this will be an inspiration for for anybody who's actually listening to move forth and and cook and enjoy the time, and and we all love food. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And before we go, I welcome your comments on this program, listeners. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking-out-for-blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community.
Listen to Eyes on Success for information about products, services, and daily living tips for people with visual impairments. We cover everything from the latest advances in adaptive technology to discussions of various jobs, sports, and hobbies. Eyes on Success is aired on ACB Radio Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern and repeated every two hours until 8 p.m. Thursday. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. We, we hope, hope you'll join us. The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N, at acb.org, or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs. For the world, this is ACB Radio, where your listening is our business. business. Tired of the same old survival reality shows that aren't too real? Then join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview real famous and inspirational blind individuals and other specialists about a real wide variety of topics, providing you with real steps to achieve your dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern and replays throughout the day on Thursdays on ACB Radio Mainstream. Happy listening! Happy listening!